If you work with Ruby, you probably know that the Interactive Ruby Console, or IRB for short, is a useful sketchpad for coding. But the command line interface of IRB can feel quite limiting in comparison with the power of your text editor. In this episode, I'm going to demonstrate how you can get the best of both worlds by loading Vim from inside IRB. I'm going to begin by demonstrating the limitations of IRB with a quick example. Suppose I want to sketch out a loop with an if-else block inside. I type each line, then hit enter. And when I close the block, the code is executed immediately. That instant feedback is what makes IRB such a useful tool. But what if I wanted to change a single line in this block? I would have to enter every line all over again. Just as you can customize Vim with a .vimrc file, you can customize your IRB session with a .irbrc file. In his Utility Belt gem, Giles Boquet has collected a grab bag of tricks and techniques for IRB, the highlight of which is the ability to interactively edit code in your text editor. The Utility Belt gem hasn't been updated in a little while, but the interactive editor has continued to evolve thanks to Jan Berkel and with help from Charles Nutter. You can find instructions on how to enable the interactive editor functionality in the show notes for this episode. Having installed the interactive editor, my IRB session is enhanced with a VI method. If I launch IRB, I can type VI followed by enter, and it opens a new Vim session. When I save the file and exit Vim, the contents of the buffer are evaluated in IRB. Now, when I jump back into Vim, it reopens the temporary file with the same contents as before. This makes it much easier to do iterative development in IRB. If I have several lines of code and I want to modify just one of them, I only need to change that one line of code, save the file, and the whole thing will be evaluated again. Note that the temporary file has the extension .rb this means that Vim can detect the file type and enable the appropriate syntax highlighting. To benefit from this, there are a couple of things you should include in your VimRC. This enables file type detection and syntax highlighting. You might consider the conditional blocks as optional, but they do ensure that your VimRC remains portable by only enabling this functionality if it is available. You may already have these enabled, so be sure to check before pasting them into your VimRC file. Having made these changes, I can now launch Vim from IRB and have my Ruby code syntax highlighted. At the moment, my cursor position is reset to line 1 each time I launch Vim. It would be nice if the cursor was restored to its last position when I relaunched Vim. This can be achieved by adding a short snippet of Vim script to the VimRC file. Now, when I leave Vim and come back to it, the cursor is restored to its old position. If you jump into Vim from IRB and decide that you don't want to lose your work, you can save the file to disk by passing a file name to the colon w command. Now, if I quit Vim and exit IRB, you can see the file in my current directory. When I launch IRB again, I can pass the name of this file as an argument to the vi command and continue with my work. The information in this video is summarized in the accompanying show notes.
If you have any questions, requests, or recommendations, or if you would be interested in sponsoring Vimcasts, then you can contact me at drew at vimcasts.org. If you've been enjoying Vimcasts so far, why not leave a tip? By donating a few dollars, you can ensure that Vimcasts remains free to all. This episode is sponsored by Xerium Networks. If you need to build a reliable, scalable network that can support your growing business needs, then get in touch with Xerium Networks. And be sure to say you heard about them here.